Being young and solidly grounded in your faith can be a real challenge. Add to that, building an acting career in secular Hollywood, and then you're called to a singing career? Well, that's the story of today's guest, actor and singer-songwriter, Julie Elias. This is the 29th episode of On Faith's Edge. Hey, this is Michael Sweet from Striper, and you are listening to On Faith's Edge with Joe Taylor. God bless you. This is On Faith's Edge, where engaging, enlightening, and entertaining content brings us closer to living an authentic faith. We'll talk faith and life with people in business and entertainment as we work out the space where God and life collide on Faith's Edge. And now your host, Joe Taylor. You can get up. Welcome back. If this is your first time, simply welcome. Appreciate you coming out to listen to us. Uh, If you're a friend or fan of Julie Elias, thank you so much for coming out to hear the show. You won't be disappointed. I certainly certainly loved this conversation with Julie, and I think you will as well. Isaiah 43, 18 through 19. Forget the former things. Do not dwell in the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. My name is Joe Taylor, recovering atheist and your servant in Jesus Christ. This is your place to hear conversations with people of faith in business and entertainment from all walks of life and levels of success. They all have one thing in common. Like Julie Elias, they believe in God and they come here to talk about it. Last episode, we were joined by author, Bible teacher, and speaker, Deborah Buckingham. Deborah Buckingham is a Bible study teacher who seeks to help nourish hungry souls with the truth and love found only in the Word of God. No matter the venue, Deborah is always eager to learn and share delicious nuggets found in his amazing and timeless words of truth, grace, and love. Deborah has a new daily devotional called Nourishments, and it is very, very good. You can listen to our conversation at On Faith's Edge dot com slash 28 that's on faithsedge.com slash 28 many of our guests have graciously provided gifts free gifts to our listeners who sign up to for on faith's edge show updates go over to the website on faithsedge.com and simply sign up to get uh, show updates and you'll get all kinds of free stuff including a very special gift from today's guest actor and singer songwriter julie elias after making the networking rounds in hollywood Julie Elias was well on her way to becoming an up-and-coming actress, thanks to various roles on Grey's Anatomy, CSI New York, Bones, Parks and Recreation, and other shows. However, a Christmas trip to her hometown in 2010 caused Julie to re-examine her career options after she performed in her church's praise and worship band. This led Julie on a path she didn't expect. Welcome to the show, Julie. Well, thank you, Joe. Thanks for having me here. You have a great new, actually, it's not new. It's been out for a couple of years, debut project called A Wild Rose. Uh, this is a great set of songs, Julie. Oh, well, thank you so much. Um, you know, it's uh, when I originally wrote the project, I mean, I didn't see myself, I mean, at the time, you know, I'm not with a label, independent. And so I really wanted to write a project that I would be able to get a lot of longevity and use out of. So, yeah, even though I've had the album now for 
um, a little over two years, actually. Um, I still use it, and I mean, it's, it still feels very fresh, and I love singing the songs and the, telling the story behind them. So it's great. Oh, it's a it's a it's a really really good set of songs. A great, a really you. cool rock sound. Really, really clever melodies, Julie. Thank you. Well, I'm um, I'm a big person um, who writes what they know, and the good, the bad, and the ugly. And uh, a lot of the songs were inspired directly um, by my own journal entries. And that I, you know, things that I've been keeping tabs of the last few years. I've definitely had quite a journey and a transition into Christian music. And throughout that whole time, there was a lot of confusing things. Maybe I didn't understand why they were happening. Um, but in retrospect, I can look at them and say, oh, well, well, that's why I had to go through that. That's what God was trying to show me. And um, a lot of these songs um, were, were sort of birthed from, from those feelings I was going through a couple of years earlier. Gosh, there's so much power. And when you look back at, at, at some of your journal entries and uh, some of the experiences that you had through life and you don't know why you were going through it. And then, and then you put it to music, you put it to a song and, and before you know it, you say, wow, that's exactly why I went through it. That's a, that's, that's very cool. Very cool, Julie. It's very cool. And I think, you know, there's certain, certain struggles that we have. I mean, unfortunately, you know, we're human, we're, we're flawed and things that we've struggled with in the past are probably going to come back and recur later in our lives. And I know some of the songs that I wrote about, you know, a couple of years ago, I still listen to and, and listen to the words and just say, man, I need to listen to what I said because I was right on in this song and here I am again. <laughs> A couple weeks back, I got to ask you about this, Julie. A couple weeks back, a friend of mine sent a link to a music video called Breathing Room. What a powerful, powerful video. Tell, tell, us, about, tell us about this video and what led you to do this song in this video. Well, um, I guess first and foremost, Breathing Room, the song, is one of my favorite ones on the album. It's, it's an original, and it really has to do with getting rid of the stuff in your life that builds up and accumulates and makes you feel crowded and suffocated. And we've all been there, you know, maybe sometimes it's worse than others, but we feel like there's almost a block on us feeling, um, feeling free and feeling happy. And especially with our relationship with God. And so the song is about sort of identifying what those things are and letting them go, letting them be in the past and, um, focusing on, on the present and, you know, hoping for the future because God's going to use your past to do great things if you let him. And um, so in in terms of a music video, I really wanted to have something that had a plot. Um, some of my background is in, is in acting and, and theater and film, and I wanted to have something theatrical about the plot. And so the storyline we use is definitely, it's definitely a little intense, and it really does specifically hit home for a lot of people in um, probably connotes some unpleasant memories. And I know myself, it, it's definitely not my story. Um, I know it was a very powerful story, but um, I'm very, very blessed and thankful to have it be something I never had to go through. And I actually even asked my parents um, when the plot first got back to me from the director if, if they were okay with it, because, you know, I didn't want to represent them as doing anything that they didn't in case people, you know, thought it was an autobiographical video right. and they were both so supportive and just said you know what um we all know it didn't happen so um, if you can use this to help other people and minister to them then you know we're totally behind you which which is which is just awesome um to have that support from them but um so the video uh, it deals with a, a an adult woman 
who has been struggling with forgiving her abusive father her whole life. And so it shows flashbacks about how she was abused as a child and um, growing up and just how that affected her. And basically this, this pain and this hurt she had to live with her whole life, even though she has no more interaction with her father. Um, it's still that presence of him is still there and it's, it's keeping her from being a happy whole person. And so she sort of deliberates throughout the video about what to do and she ends up deciding to go visit him in prison and you see him and he's a very gruff kind of hardened man from years in prison for beating up her mother and almost killing the mother. And, um, you know, you see him and he just kind of looks angry and, um, you don't really know what's going to happen. Is she going to yell at him? Is she going to blow up at him and just say, I hate you? And you, it looks like that's what he's expecting. But instead, she tells him that she forgives him. And the release for her is so mm. obvious. But then you also see his reaction because that was the last thing, you know, he was expecting. He had built his walls up. He was ready to, you know, let all the insults bounce off of him. But what he couldn't handle was the fact that his daughter, who he had hurt so badly at so many levels, forgave him. And I just think, I mean, that, you know, a lot of us aren't going to have that specific set of circumstances, but I don't know anybody who hasn't felt betrayed or wronged by somebody, whether that's a friend or a a, a boyfriend, someone they're dating, um, you know, parents, employees. And, and I think it can be applicable in so many different situations, but you're letting them, you know, you let, you let people win when they get to you like that. And the whole idea of forgiveness, I think, is not for um, other people. I mean, you can forgive somebody without them ever knowing it. Right. But forgiveness, God wants us to forgive because it, it's for ourselves. It's a, it's a way to move forward and let the past be the past. You know, Julie, you were you said that this song in the video uh, is it's certainly not autobiographical uh, for you. But, you know, Julie, it is for somebody. Oh, it absolutely. Is. I mean, I've already had feedback from people. What are you hearing? You know, I. It's it, it, it's so crazy to me how there's something about a song that tears down walls. I mean, I can't imagine somebody coming up to a complete stranger and telling them about their past just on a whim. But there's something about music that just opens that door that connects with people on a different level. And I think it, it it's, it's vulnerable and it, it makes people be open. And so complete strangers have written and said... Um, you know, I grew up in a verbally abusive home and now whenever, you know, whenever I hear a man yelling, I can't, I can't function. And it all goes back to my dad or they said, even if a man gets very stern with them, they can't, they can't handle it. And it's like they shut down and then they realize, you know, it's because of my dad and I need to work on letting this go. Um, there was a man who wrote to me, he's a caregiver for his grandmother and the father his father doesn't want to have anything to do with it, even though it's his mother. And just was very, um, very, very like verbally and emotionally abusive to both of them. Didn't want to have anything to do with them. And um, recently the father actually passed away. And the man was like, he, he just felt so upset because he said he never got a chance to forgive his father. And, you know, the response was, you can still forgive him. Um, just because he's not here anymore, you can still go through that process. And, um, and you know, it's not going to be the same for him, but I think that's why the sooner that you can bring yourself to forgive, the better it is for, for everybody. And, you know, not to say that forgiving means forgetting, not to say that, 
you forgive somebody and you go right back to the exact set of circumstances you were in before and expect things to be different because that, that probably won't happen. But, um, you know, at least now you have, you have a, a new start and you can do things differently. Well, this is a powerful, powerful song. It's a powerful video. And Julie, it's an important song and an important video that uh, I challenge anybody to watch this video and not be deeply, deeply touched by it. It's a, it's a true, true blessing. This is a great, this is a great set of songs, man. Wild Rose is a great, great album. What is, uh, what is your favorite song on this album? Well, I, like I said, I'm very, very partial to, um, um, to Breathing Room. And another one of my favorites is, it's track number four. It's called I Am Yours. It's another original. It's very different than the others. You know, there's some that are kind of hit a little harder um, and rock a little bit more. But this is this is a straight up, straight up ballad. But I think for me, the words, it, it sort of has to do um, with, whereas Breathing Room sort of looking back retrospectively, I think I Am Yours is more, hey, this is happening right now and I need help right now. And, um, another thing, you know, that I, I personally struggle with is sort of being okay with giving up control of things. Um, I'm definitely a planner. I like to plan out things as much as I can, you know, try to stick to those plans and goals and schedules. And when things get out of your control, out of my control, it can be very, very frustrating and discouraging. And so that's what this song is about is being okay with, with being out of control because, um, I think what's what's worse than being out of control is being out of control and having nobody there to catch you. But as a Christian, we know we're gonna there's someone that's gonna be there to catch us and not only not only to catch us but to to lift us up and restore us and, you know, use that moment where we've had to rely on our faith to get through something, use that to to our benefit in the future. You know, you have a you have a really uh interesting concert series. Or, or way of doing concerts, I, I believe, Julie, called Topic Driven Concerts? Yeah, you know, I have, um, I've been very, very, very lucky to see all sorts of different events for all sorts of different ages all over the country. But I love singing and hanging out and talking with teenagers and students. I mean, for me, middle school was the hardest time of my life. And I mean, even now as, as an adult in her 20s. I mean, I am just still, middle school was not a fun time. And so I can, I can relate to those girls going through stuff. And, you know, that was before an age where there was even, you know, cell phones and Facebook and all these other kind of social media bullying um, things that I didn't even have to deal with. Right. And so, I mean, my heart really goes out to teens, especially, especially girls, I think, because that's what I know. I mean, I know how hard that was and peer pressure and all of that stuff. So with, with the topic driven concerts, they're, they're written for um, both boys and girls, but there is a girls-only topic that has to do with beauty. But the idea of the concert is, um, I get, you know, it's about music. You know, we do worship and then original tunes and these stories behind the songs. But I want the kids to still be thinking about the con concert and having and having an impact long after the night itself has ended. So I have um, little booklets that each of the students get that are on all of the topics that they get to take home afterward. And I've had some youth pastors say that they're using Bible studies and sort of doing those um, week after week and then want to culminate the study with me coming in to do a concert, which I just, I love that idea. I didn't even think of wow, that. Wow, that is a great and, idea, yeah. Yeah, so I'm, I'm all over that. And, um, and, you know, like there's skits written for each topic that I'll send to the youth pastor ahead of time and the kids get to be involved, which, I mean, that, that sort of loosens everybody up right away. 
um, to see their friends, you know, making fools of themselves. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and then just a short message. I mean, just, you know, 10 or 15 minutes of really getting to the point and not going on too much. And the whole thing is a little over an hour. And, you know, I can kind of build from there. Like if, if they want more worship, you know, we do that or some icebreakers or that kind of thing. But it's just, it's just really fun. And so the, um, I've gotten to do a few of them so far. I'm trying to, trying to book, book them now, trying to get my name out there. Um, but I've, but I've had a few chances to do like the girls only events. And I, I love that. Like my dream would sort of be to do like a girls conference and, um, just really have it be a weekend about faith and making friends and all kind of centered around music. Because like I said before, I think music just opens doors and brings people at a, you know, a common language. That is so needed. Julie, I have three girls myself ranging oh, from okay. ranging from late twenties to, uh, early teens. And, and, uh, gosh, man, those middle school years are tough. The, they are. <laughs> those, uh, and girls, you know, girls just need this girls, girls need a positive influence. They need, they need true friendship. That's not competitive. That's not, mm-hmm. um, that's not judgmental and gossipy and, and bitey mm-hmm. and, and exactly. all, the, all those things that, that teenage girls can, can be. And, and exactly. this is really an exciting, exciting project you're on here. So I, I'm, I'm excited to watch this really am. This will be, well, this will be cool. This will be because those girls have some, some great stories. You have an interesting story yourself, Julie, you take us from your acting days in Hollywood, working on, <laughs> working on shows like CSI, New York, Grey's Anatomy, Bones, you even did a few, you have a few movie credits to your name. What brought you from that to Christian music? I love acting. I mean, I, I, I love every, well, I should say I love film. Um, and I love the acting piece of it. I mean, I love, I love writing screenplays. I love the idea of putting films together. There's something about the storytelling that I think just really, really connects to me. And I actually started out, um, like in college going more, um, theater. I did musical theater, which, you know, kind of combines that music and acting. And, um, when I left college, I decided that I wanted to pursue, acting and it was you know it was it was really cool it was exactly like people had told me you know everyone said it's very hard it's very cutthroat you know it's all about who you know and it was a hundred percent like that you know I was like oh people are just exaggerating no it was exactly like what I was like what I was warned about it's a tough but world on the huh? side, it's it's tough and I mean if you think of um I mean real and truly Hollywood is the only place in the country where everybody is trying to do the exact same thing. Um, I mean, you know, if you're in investment banking, you can do that pretty much anywhere. If you want to be a film actor, you at least need to start in Hollywood. Maybe after that you can go somewhere, but you need to be based in Hollywood and that's kind of where it is. So it was very odd. Everybody you knew was either wanting to be or part of the film industry. And, And I shouldn't, I shouldn't say just acting, but just, part of that film industry. I mean, I remember taking my dog to the vet and the vet tech, you know, somebody with a real job with a stable job, was just trying to get her screenplays published. Wow. And I mean, just everybody seemed to be doing it. And, um, and that like, again, I, I've never really been in that environment and I definitely took it to another level. Um, as far as that competition goes and it, it was a little tough to really make friends, I think, because, you almost have to be selfish um, because until you get a manager or an agent, you are looking for auditions and you have to be ready at the drop of the hat, which means canceling plans with people or, you know, focusing on yourself, say, Oh, I can't do this because I have to go work out. I have to go do a new photo shoot. And 
it was very like it was very odd in that sense because you really had to be selfish in order to have success, <laughs> which is kind of in itself is weird. Right. But that being said, um, I was able to have some really really fun fun opportunities um, uh, while I was trying to do student films and that sort of thing. I was um, I was able to sort of figure out how to be an extra on uh, and like a small background character on a bunch of programs and it kind of became like a game. I would ask my mom or my sister, hey, what show should I try to get on? And they're like, oh, I'll get on NCIS. <laughs> and so I'd get on NCIS and, you know, sometimes I'd have like some decent, decent close-ups. Sometimes I was just a blur in the background. But um, I got on Grey's Anatomy and that was a show that I really, especially when I was in college, I used to watch all the time when it first started. And um, so that was kind of fun. And for some reason, they really liked me. And so that was where I really was working, I mean, four days a week most of the time. And the cast was just amazing. And it's just so cool to see people that you see on TV all the time and actually have them not only be friendly to you, but know your name. And if I go back to the set now, if I'm in L.A., I go and visit. People ask how music is going. And, I mean, they all know that I went into Christian music, which is just so cool in that yeah. environment. Because it's not a, I mean, Hollywood's not not a totally Christian world. Right. <laughs> And, and it's just very cool. Like they all, you know, they all respect what I'm doing, and um, which, which is very, very cool. And I mean, I had a few like walk-on lines, and um, I gotta say, okay, doctor, in a scene. So thank you, mom and dad, for paying to college so I could say, okay, doctor. <laughs> <laughs> but um, anyway, long story short, um, I mean, I was really enjoying it. I sort of figured it out, and essentially was working as an actress in Hollywood. But I just did not feel. Um, that kind of significance or satisfaction that I always pictured that I would feel as an adult. And, um, I remember distinctly, it was like November of 2010. I first started praying about maybe being open to some big picture direction. Um, I'm praying for little things like a great audition, um, or finding a good, a good agent, that sort of thing. But it never really said, maybe I'm not supposed to be doing this at all. And like, God, I'm open, like show me where you want me. And, Within a few weeks, um, I was um, I had some opportunities in in Christian music with my my home church that I grew up in, and I grew up singing in the church, just like a praise team, that kind of thing. But it was just this particular instance that sort of got some notice from somebody else who asked me to come sing with them, and then um, just a bunch of people all of a sudden seemed really supportive, like you need to do this, you need to do this. And then when I actually got some more like to some more events and everything, I felt like this is it. Like, I've never felt like this before. I've never felt like this after being in a play. Um, just really feeling like not only was I loving what I was doing, I mean, because I love to sing, but it was really having an actual impact on people. And I was, I was sensing that connection and I was sensing that I was doing something for a much greater purpose than just, just myself. And um, so I decided to commit to this this crazy path that God seemed to have me on that I never thought I would be doing, and um, it's been it's been quite it's been quite an adventure. And it, you know, I tell people it's it's sort of been the best and the hardest time of my life. Gosh, I can imagine. What was it like in Hollywood uh, as a Christian actress in the secular? Hollywood world? Were you able to be overt about your faith? Well, you know what? You know what's funny? And I mean, some people have different opinions on this, of course, but I've never really been the kind of person to 
say I'm a Christian as soon as I meet somebody. Right. I, I, I really, I try to live that way. And right. I mean, I, I sort of, in my mind, with my strengths and with my personality, I really like to get to know somebody and then sort of have them, um, you know, either see it in what I'm doing, like, oh, where you, you go to church? Which one do you go to? Or, you know, say, oh, my gosh, that's a horrible situation. Like, how did you react to that? And, and then sort of let that door be open that way, because I think, and I mean, like I said, that's just people are so different. And some people can talk about God in the first five minutes of conversation, and it's totally natural. Um, I'm I'm not like that. And I've, I mean, I've been a Christian since I was five years old, and I've just never been that personality. Right. Um, so for me, being in Hollywood, it actually... Um, it actually wasn't, my behavior wasn't really a huge departure from the way I'd always been. Um, I will say it was um, the the ratio of Christians and non-Christians. Like, there were definitely not very many Christians, and maybe people were just like me and not saying it, but it was not very evident. And I do remember one particular case, I can't remember the show I was on, but I was working as a extra, and a girl brought up going to church, and one of the guys who was obviously her friend who worked in the crew was like, wait, you go to church? And she's like, yeah. And he's like, oh my gosh, I thought you were smarter than that. And then he like, he, I mean, he, he kind of said it really loudly and brushed her off. And, you know, then, then me and a few other people, I didn't even know where Christian sort of went over to her and were like, don't, don't worry about him. He's like a jerk. And, but I mean, I, I just remember seeing, I mean, he was, he was like, honestly disgusted. She could have said, I haven't taken a shower in three months. And it was like that kind of reaction. Wow. And, um, and I, and I will say, I mean, um, there are there are some Christians in Hollywood that are really really doing great things and have sort of been able to be an influence in the secular world, um, but still re, you know retain some of their morals and their integrity and what they stand for. And I think being in that environment, I think that is so commendable. And right. I mean that's something truly admirable. Um, and there are people out there doing it. Um, I think especially breaking into it. Um, I, I never, you know, I never experienced the, the casting couch, so to speak, mm-hmm. but I do, I do know people who did or were in that position, um, where they really felt like, Hey, if I don't do this, I'm not going to get this role. Right. And, um, and, and unfortunately as, as long as the girls willing to do that, it's sort of such an unfair, um, set of rules for everybody else. Um, I think especially being a female, it was it was very it was very difficult. Um, Hollywood sort of gets all the rules. Um, there's no rules for for men. I mean, you can have an actor who's 60 years old and really overweight or a really hot, you know, 30 something actor. But it seems like the girls always have to be, you know, 20s, 30s, size two yeah. or four, petite. You know what I mean? And it's um, I'm not that uh, I'm not that mold. I mean, I'm five to ten. And I can palm a basketball. So even if, <laughs> I mean, even, I mean, I, I, I was, an, I was an athlete growing up. Like I loved, I loved soccer and volleyball. And, um, so it's like, even if I was, you know, stick thin, I would still be a lot bigger than a lot of the other girls. And there's nothing I can do about that. I'll tell you this. There were some sets, even as an extra, um, the guys were just straightforward, you know, looking for guys in their 20s and 30s. That was sort of what the announcement was. And then the girls, they would say what age you had to be and, frankly, what your bra size needed to be, what your weight needed to be, and your dress size. Wow. And that was to be an extra in an airport scene. I'm like, have you, have you guys ever been to an airport? Because there are all shapes and sizes. <laughs> and it's just, you know, it's just, it's so it's so unfair for, for women. And, you know, there are people that, 
are finding those good roles for women that are strong female characters, but more often than not, they're sort of like the, like the pretty sidekick or, you know, the, the hot girl that the guy, you know, spends the whole movie trying to, trying to get in bed with. Sure. And it's just, it's just a shame that, um, it still seems so dated in that, in that sense, because right. I know lots of cool women in real life and it's a shame that, you know, their stories aren't reflected in, in movies. So, I mean, that piece of it was difficult. Um, a little bit in Hollywood, and especially starting out where I was, student films, independent films, you got sent a lot of really, really kind of poorly written, stereotyped stuff that was just like, I don't even want to go to this audition because I'm not, I'm not this desperate. So what's next on the horizon for you, Julie? Well, um, we were talking about the, the teen concerts, and I'm really looking to develop that and kind of to, um, to supplement that. Um, I've just started a new CD, actually. And started writing for that, and we'll be recording for the early part of the summer and have it out. Um, my goal is to have it out by September. And um, in planning the songs and writing for that, uh, it'll be it'll be some worship. There'll be definitely some familiar songs um, that people sing in church that they're used to, but trying to do some really cool arrangements so they sound different. And then uh, a couple originals, but what I think is going to be really cool is all the songs are going to be in female keys. Um, there's a lot of Christian music that is in male keys. And so the girls, if they're not singing in harmony, they're either really low or they're singing in a mouthy voice. And um, I mean, and girls, I mean, I, I've been this girl that, you know, puts on Carrie Underwood or Taylor Swift and belts long in the car. Mm-hmm. And I think there's something that you can connect with um, when, you know, it's, you can, you can really sing. I mean, singing is cathartic. S- singing is just like, oh my gosh, you can be so pent up with emotion and you could Thing and just feel so much better, and um, so even though the CD, you know, I'll I'll definitely use it in like other settings and worship settings, churches and stuff. I'm really doing it, thinking about these these girls' events in mind. That's, and I mean, the songs are even going to kind of mirror some of the topics, and it, it'll be really cool. Julie, this show is about faith, and specifically, we want to talk about your faith and how you mm-hmm. live out your belief in God. How did you come to belief in Jesus Christ? Well, like I said before, I was young. I was I was five years old. Um, my uh, I, I grew up. My mom and her family. I mean, very, very, very church going family. And um, so, from a young age, my parents would bring my younger sister and I to church. I mean, as long as I can remember. And I remember when I was about five. My grandfather um, passed away. He had had a heart attack, and um, and ultimately like succumbed to to that heart attack. And I just remember, like, you know, obviously crying and seeing my mom upset. But there was something about her that didn't seem... I was expecting her to just be almost like a mess. Because, I mean, this is her dad that died. And especially as a little girl, you're like, you, you can't really think of much worse. And But yet she had this calm kind of about her, like a almost a peace. And even though she was, you know, obviously very upset. And I remember asking her about that. And that was the first time, you know, she explained, you know, well... I'm obviously with my, my dad, but he's in heaven. And I know I'm going to see him again someday. And I think even though I knew about heaven, that was the first time it really connected and I understand what it meant. And I just knew that I wanted to have sort of that same peace in my life when when things came up that, you know, just we are, were going to devastate me or leave me confused. And so I remember it wasn't long after that that um, my mom actually prayed with me to invite Jesus into my heart. And... um you know, ever since ever since then, I've just—it's so odd. I, ever since then, I just—I felt like I've been good hand, been in good hands, and I felt like I'm never really gonna 
fall. I feel like I'm always going to be okay. And it might not be the way I wanted things to turn out. And there's definitely been times in my life I've been much more active in church and um, than, than others. And, you know, there was sometimes when I was just moving, being a young person, moving to different cities, it's, it's hard to connect with a new church sometimes. And so I feel I felt a little bit like, oh, I wasn't doing my duty or whatever. But whether I was church or not, I mean, I knew I was a Christian. I knew what my beliefs were. And I knew that, like I said, I, I knew that I would ultimately be okay. And it's just that sense of, of comfort. And, you know, obviously, you know, don't get me wrong. I get I get upset. I mean, I can... I can I can cry right along with the best of them when I get upset. <laughs> but um, but it, it's just different. I think I think I can per- put perspective on things a little bit faster because of my faith, and understand. And especially now that I'm um you know getting older, um, understand that okay I'm going through this for a reason. Um, whatever circumstances led to this, I need to do my best to avoid this from happening again. Because obviously, what I did last time isn't right, or else I wouldn't be in this position. Have, and um oh sorry go ahead so as, as you obviously you became a christian early in life uh mm-hmm. but you've you've experienced christianity uh as an adult of course have you ever mm-hmm. have you ever had a time when you, you when you doubted your faith or even the existence of god julie you know i don't know i don't know necessarily about doubted i mean i've never i've never really questioned that that God is there and that he sent Jesus to die for our sins so we could be saved. I mean, I've, that whole kind of essence of it, I never really questioned. I mean, there were times that, um, like when I was in, when I was in college, um, I went to church a few times, but really didn't make the effort to get involved. Um, at the time I used the excuse, I didn't have any friends that went, um, which was sort of easy excuse. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, I went to, I went to a very like non-Christian, quite liberal school, um, University of Colorado in Boulder. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I love the school, but absolutely beautiful, beautiful mountain place. I loved it, but it was not very Christian. Um, not to say there weren't Christian groups, but as a whole, just that, you know, the kind of the party culture and everything was not there. And I, um, I, I definitely did not um, really keep going to church when I was home. I mean, when I was home, I would always go to my home church that I grew up in and was a part of that, but I didn't invest in anything new, if that makes sense. Right. And, um, you know, because obviously I wasn't home every weekend, I wasn't going to church all the time. And um, what's funny is actually when I went to L.A. was almost when I started going to church again, which is really funny because yeah, I, I did want to add. I did want to add there was a church in L.A. that I went to. It's called Reality L.A. And I believe they have some campuses um, in other places, but it was every single person there was under the age of 30. It wow. was so bizarre. And I would say everybody there was either an actress, a musician, artist, like they were in that creative industry. And so the ser- I've never, ever gone to a church where the sermons are so relevant every week. And I think that's what I like. I mean, he would literally talk about, you know, the casting couch and peer pressure and media pressure and that sort of thing. And I mean, it just, it was just dead on. And I mean, this church, there were, there were, you know, a thousand kids at every service and they'd do a few a day. And that was really, like, that was probably, like, if college was sort of the dead zone, that was when I really felt like I sort of um, was becoming alive again. And what's really cool is that was a few years before, like I told you, I I made that prayer about the overall direction. And I think I almost needed that, um, that replenishment. 
in order to be in a place where I was willing to accept what God had for me, if that makes sense. It certainly does. Julie, let's do a round of instant insight into Julie Elias. Uh, this is where I'm just simply going to ask you quick questions and you respond with answers that'll frankly make us feel like your best friend when we're done. Fair enough? <laughs> okay. All right. You ready for these? Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> what single person, and Julie, you're not allowed to say Jesus. What single okay. person had the biggest impact in your life? Oh, that's a good question. Um you know, I, I, it might be cliche, but I, I have to say my mom. I am, I'm so like my mom. We, we actually say the same phrases as each other now when we're around each other, like the really lame kind of one-liners. We say them at the same time. <laughs> and my, like my mom is just, she's just such a happy person. I mean, she has no mean bone in her body. And I'll admit sometimes I do. And I'll snap at somebody. And my mom, in the, you know, 20 some odd years I've, I've known her, I've, I've never seen her act in an unchristian way even when and i've seen people be very mean to her because because of her heart and because she's so nice people take advantage of that and she never she never lashes out like she could um she sort of absorbs the hurt which which is awful and i hate to see that happen but it, it's I, I mean it's really remarkable to to not have anger, I think, and just, you know, maybe, maybe be hurt, but know enough to let it go and be so positive about things. And she, she loved singing. I mean, she was, um, part of the praise team from as long as I remember. And she was really, she was sort of the go-getter as far as, Hey, we got to go to church. We got to do this. And she, um, she had a really cool job. She used to work for the department of defense. And, um, when, uh, when I was born, um, she still worked for a little bit, but then my sister was born, she became a full-time mom. And, you know, I'm very, very grateful that we're in a position where that works. So my dad, you know, because a lot of families, unfortunately, they need to have both parents working. And it was so cool to be able to have a full-time mom. And, I mean, she was so involved. Cupcakes for our birthdays at school, PTA, all that kind of stuff. And I definitely didn't appreciate it as much growing up. But now I know that when I have kids, I don't really want to have kids unless I can be that same um, influence in my own kids' life that my mom was in mine. Wow, you can certainly tell she had an impact in your life, Julie. You Absolutely, can tell. The most exciting thing I ever did was apply for study abroad to London. And how'd that go? Uh, the application was due the next day, <laughs> and um, it was after my freshman year of college. So I was, um, you know, I was only eighteen. Um, oh, and I guess I just turned nineteen, and. Um, it was the spring, and I just said, you know what, um, kind of a hard year, you know, freshman year, first time away, and like I said, in a place like Boulder, kind of difficult, and I said, you know, I'm going to do a change, and maybe I just have some growing up to do, some maturing, whatever, and um, it was it was the best thing I did, um, best thing I did ever. At the time, I was doing a history degree, and um, went to London, and no better place in the world, as far as I'm concerned, to, you know, study European history, because we would have a class a lecture and then take a little break and then go to the place we just learned about. Oh, I mean, it, was, cool. it was so cool. And, and London was really, really where I fell in love with musical theater and took some adult, um, adult classes at night and, um, you know, came back with a, with a real clear purpose of basically a newfound passion that I didn't grow up with. I went to a real small high school and acting. Um, there, there just weren't really enough kids for a huge drama program when I was there. And so it was just never an option. And I'm some of my best friends 
um, I still have to this day. I met Ben, and it honestly, that was the single, I'd probably say one of the single moments I can think of that changed my life. That's neat. God is? Oh, God is. God is my best friend. At White's Chapel, you will find? Compassion. Compassion and grace. What is the last non-Christian album you bought? Oh, oh, what did I just buy? Oh, it was um Kelly Clarkson um with the album what was it the her newer Stronger, that was it. Kelly Clarkson Stronger. Yeah, her her kind of newer one. I guess it's kind of old. I'm a little behind, but <laughs> <laughs> The most important thing in the world to me is I mean my faith made me who I who I am and I know it's going to determine who I'll be. The one thing I want to be known for is Making other people's lives a little brighter. In the past year, I paid way too much for... (laughs) (laughs) Food for recipes I never ended up cooking. (laughs) (laughs) I love cooking, but I definitely get a little ambitious sometimes. (laughs) That's funny. What single Bible passage has the most meaning to you, Julie? Um, Isaiah forty three eighteen through 19. I, I mean, I think the important passages sort of maybe changed, but this one has just been, um, so much of what I've been going through lately. And it's, um, basically God's telling us to not do well in the past and he's doing a new thing, um, away in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland and kind of that same concept is a little bit in breathing room, but, uh, you know, just having some, some struggles with a few people that I really cared a lot about feeling really, really betrayed, not understanding why I had to go through it. But um, now sort of getting away from that a little bit, feeling like I'm getting out of the mud, realizing how much better things are now than even when I was closer with them. So that's the the way in the wilderness. Perfect. Uh, Julie, you're a singer, songwriter, accomplished actor. Uh, uh, Life has certainly taken some interesting twists and turns for you. At this point in your life right now, what does success mean to Julie Elias? You know, success for me is being able to combine something I truly love doing, like my passion and what I feel like are some natural talents and giftings with um, what I feel like, what I feel like what I'm supposed to be doing. So, um, you know, to be able, like I love singing, like even if I was a singer, I sing all the time. And being able to, to do that, like, um, to do that as, as a, as a livelihood and having the opportunities to sing for lots of different people who want to listen to me, that that's totally success. Like I, I just totally admire people who, you know, wake up every day and are excited to go to work and have, you know, it's not always easy. And I mean, a lot of times, you know, it's, uh, it can't be about the money because, if you, uh, you know, if you want to get into acting or singing, you're not going to get a lot of money <laughs> right away, <laughs> if ever. <laughs> and, um, and, and so it has to be more than that. It has to be something that you're willing to do, you're willing to pursue, even when it gets hard, even when you have to give other things up, when you're not getting maybe the paycheck that you're hoping for that you would have from a, you know, a steady, a steady job is something else. Um, and, and so it's hard. It's, it's definitely a big, a big risk. Um, but I think when you're able to find that balance and make it work for you, I, I, I think that's totally successful. 
Finally, Julie, as we wrap up, what would you say to someone that is right on faith's edge, making that choice to believe or not to believe in God? You know, I would say to ask yourself, um, you know, why, why are you on the edge? Um, what, I mean, if you could, you know, sort of be master of the universe and plan things the way you want, what would you need to do that would, that would push, put you over the edge? What would need to happen in your life? And if it's, you know, if it's, if it's finding a spouse, if it's, um, you know, finding contentment, finding some kind of peace within your heart, I think you need to pray specifically for whatever you, you know, you, you basically have just admitted like, Hey, if this happened, I'd, I'd, I'd be there. And I think you need to focus on that. And, you know, you may not, you may not get it, but there will be one day that you realize that prayer has been answered and that God did work for you. He did answer you. He was hearing you. And, um, um, it is that you've that phrase, a leap of faith. You do have to, um, um, you maybe have to get out of your, out of your comfort zone. But if you're already there, if you're already almost there thinking about it, I just say, you know, why, why not try it? Why not try? It's not going to hurt anybody. And you are will be so surprised and so blessed with what God can do. And it's so beyond anything that you have ever dreamed of. Um, and, you know, just take, take that leap of faith and see what happens. You won't be disappointed. Julie, I don't think we can say anything more than that. Thank you so much for being with us today. I really appreciate it. I really, really look forward to watching your career and watching your success. This has been a real blessing for me. Thank you, Julie. Thank you so much, Joe. And thank you for your ministry. And thank you, everyone out there, for listening to me ramble on. (laughs) (laughs) God bless. Julie's website is julieeliasmusic.com. This, as well as her Facebook, Twitter, and links to her album, A Wild Rose, are in today's show notes at onfaithsedge.com slash 29. That's onfaithsedge.com slash 29. If you want a free download of Julie's popular single, Breathing Room, which, by the way, is playing in the background, just go over to onfaithsedge.com and sign up for show updates. Uh, You'll get this and many other free gifts from past guests. Thank you so much for listening, Tay. I love having you out. Uh, I really appreciate you being here. As I said before, you mean a lot to me, and you certainly mean a lot to this show. Remember, God is real and eternity is now. So let's go out and live like it. God bless.